Welcome to Financial Flight Academy with John Schutz and Brent Connolly from Soar Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we inspire families and business owners to build a foundation for their financial future. We do this by listening and building trust with our clients. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to protect your nest and live out your dreams as John and Brent draw from years of experience and guest experts to help you take that leap of faith. Well, today we're going to talk about debt, both personal and public. And, you know, the debt ceiling debate, it comes up all too frequently in Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. We just got through another one. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. These decisions are going to impact all of us and generations to follow. Yeah. You know, I've got kids and grandkids and uh, we need to get this thing under control. It's a topic that I personally think is just not taken seriously enough by our elected officials mm -hmm. and, uh, Frankly, too many financial institutions, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, we want to make sure our clients are up to speed on current events, obviously, and, and how that can you know, affect their goals and their plans long term. So we want to look at what this means for your financial future, you know, uh, what some of the fixes may be. Uh, welcome to Financial Flight Academy. I'm Brent Conley, and, and this is my co-host, John Schutz. Yes, who you can't see, but I'm still here. So what? what <laughs> let's talk about what is the debt ceiling. You know, Congress controls spending and borrowing, and that's Article One of the Constitution, Brent. Oh, which very good. Hopefully, you've read at some point in I, your lifetime. I'd like to know how that discussion went when you were there that day. Yeah, it was good. Uh, the powdered wig was a little itchy and hot, you but, still, uh, but gosh, your hair—I'm so jealous. Yeah, you should be. Uh, but so, uh, Article One—it's mm -hmm. the first article, that, which means it's kind of important, right? Right. Uh, so the debt limit limit that was set by Congress just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, allows the government to borrow up to $31.4 trillion. Wow. That's a big number. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you calculate that for every man, woman, and child in the United States, that's about $94,000 of debt per person. Wow. So we're talking about a good chunk of change here. Right. So, okay. So tying in with that, we're talking about the GDP or the gross domestic product everything that is produced in the United States in one year, less than that, $26.49 trillion. Now that's about $5 trillion less than that debt ceiling number. So to state that again, everything that is produced, including, and that includes government spending, by the way, right? everything that is produced in the U.S. is $26.49 trillion. And we, we're our debt is higher than that. Mm -hmm. Now you might say, someone might say, Brent, uh, hey, I, you know, my first house costs, this is true, by the way, in my case, uh, my first house, <laughs> I borrowed twice as much right. as what I was making. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was not really the same thing. Well, and so, as we as we look back in history, talk about, you know, for big purchase we've made over the years and how we know inflation has caused things to go up. Um, and I, I love history too. And we, we look back as when did the U S had a, a big debt, higher percentage than the GDP? Well, we were in world war two. Right. Uh, the spending was high for a reason, right? We, yeah. we were defeating Adolf Hitler and, uh, you know, some really bad mm -hmm. entities, Japan. Yeah. Um, so it is, uh, it's disturbing that it's at this level. Mm-hmm. The percentages of gross domestic product are in that range of Greece, right? And uh, not a range we want to be in. So, bottom, clear, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, no, no, please. Bottom line: we have a spending 
problem in the country and make no mistake that trickles down to unfortunately sometimes the folks that we work with well absolutely and and so the last time the US government ran a uh, surplus took in more money than they spent any idea brent it's right well, on the paper there read it yeah 2001 2001 That's apparently correct. yeah so, it was right on the tip of my you tongue you recall yeah. that there was a big fight then between a republican house of representatives right. and a democrat president bill mm -hmm. clinton mm -hmm. who uh originally they tried to get through a health care uh right law that Obamacare was sort of, we call it Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. Hard to uh, believe that was 22 years was ago. was modeled on that. So you, Bill Clinton famously was said, the era of big government is over. I think that was incorrect. So <laughs> <laughs> the era of big government continues. So how serious is this? This is, this is something that just every year, the Government Accountability Office releases a report, and it was just in May of this year, it's titled, if you want to look it up, through the Gover Government Accountability Office. This is a this is a government entity. Mm -hmm. In the uh, title of this piece is The Nation's Fiscal Health Roadmap Needed to Address Projected Unsustainable Debt Levels. So the first line of this report says... The federal government, and please bear with me, this is kind of a long passage, but the federal government faces an unsustainable long-term fiscal future. At the end of fiscal year 2022, debt held by the public was about 97% of gross domestic product, GDP, famously. Projections from the Office of Management and Budget and the Department of the Treasury, the Congressional Budget Office, and the GAO, Government Accountability Office, mm -hmm all show that current fiscal policy is unsustainable over the long term. Unsustainable. Let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. I, I wish we could have some Congress people uh, have that sink in. Uh, debt held by the public is projected to grow at a faster pace than the size of the economy. This is still from the report. Debt held by the public is projected to reach its historical high of 106% of GDP within 10 years, and to continue to grow at an increasing pace. Still from the report, GAO projects that this ratio could reach more than twice the size of the economy by the year 2051, absent any changes in revenue and spending policies. How about that? That's a lot to, to take in. That's a, that is a serious problem recognized by the GAO. Right. So, so the federal budget deficit in fiscal year 2022 was $1.4 trillion. Yeah, so let's just stop there one second. Sure. Because a lot of people confuse the debt with the deficit. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's a deficit, it's adding to the debt. But <laughs> Correct. Just like, so this is just like your personal. Yeah. I, you know, as this debt ceiling thing was approaching, I, clients were obviously concerned about it and mm -hmm. for good reason. Correct. Uh, but I kept telling them, look, you have a debt ceiling also at home. Mm hmm. You can't, but the difference is, unlike Congress and, <laughs> and you know, our, our government, you can't just say to the credit company, you know, I'm going to increase my debt ceiling. Yeah. 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 I, I may be, uh, I may have way too much debt, but I'm going to increase my debt ceiling because mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like a Lamborghini. So, right. uh, you know. Every time I bump up against that credit card, you know, limit, I think I'll just increase that limit. Right. By it's, the amount that I, I need. Right. So we are constantly talking to folks 
or particularly in the early stages of their life, of their, you know, of their adulthood and trying right. to figure out how to budget and do things like that. And this is where it ties into the financial markets because we cannot keep bumping up against that debt ceiling. Right. And and you can't do that at home either. And my point is that mm -hmm. one of the things we talk to young people about is don't get caught in this credit card trap. I've had clients tell me, mm -hmm. I use my credit card as, as an emergency fund. <laughs> well, we're going to stop doing that. Right. <laughs> so um, it, it's, it does, I mean, some of the same principles apply both at the personal level and at the government. Level. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting. This so, is going to, this debt ceiling, if we continue to kick this can down the road, it's going to cause major problems in the financial markets, higher interest rates for investors to take on U.S. debt, which would increase borrowing costs mm -hmm. when you go out to, you know, make those bigger purchases, houses, cars, et cetera. Yeah. And, and so the, the GAO, Government Accountability Office, I like to always, I, you know, it's a great title for a, <laughs> for a government entity because- Really, where are they accountable? <laughs> uh, but the GAO proposes solutions. So get a load of these solutions. Re right. Really groundbreaking. All right. Uh, controlling factors like mm, spending. Oh, really? And revenue, which is taxes. Okay. The government really doesn't have any money unless there are taxes paid. <laughs> Correct? Correct. And part, part of... The, Another thing that bothers me about this debt ceiling thing, you know, it's that the bargaining chip is always, oh, we're going to default on our debt. Well, we wouldn't have to do that immediately because I don't know about you folks out there, but we quarterly send tax payments to mm -hmm. the IRS and people who are having withholding from their checks send money regularly to the IRS. So it's not like the government just totally runs out of money. Right. There's still an inflow they of might taxes. have to be a little more uh, austere, shall we say. Mm. I don't know if I used that mm. right. I've heard that word. That I'm wasn't not sure on the I sheet used here. Used it correctly. But anyway, uh, so controlling factors like taxes, spending, uh, and meet a debt to GDP target. Just like all of us have to do in our households, right? Mm -hmm. When you go to the when you go to get a mortgage, mm -hmm. they use a ratio of your debt to your income. And if you exceed it, you're probably not going to get that mortgage. Right. Right. So uh, why can't we run this the same way? You know why, Brent? You know why? Oh, because, goodness. all right, I'm getting, I, I will get a little fired up here because people in uh, the House and the Senate, mm -hmm. they like to get reelected. They do. And uh, they view the way they get reelected as bringing home the bacon a lot of times. So there is a particular congressman that uh, I bump into occasionally. And the one thing he always says is, uh, well, I live in a purple district, which says to me, all you're worried about is your job and mm -hmm. getting reelected. And it really kind of frosts me, Sure, I have to say. <laughs> and I actually told him one time, you know, I guess you just have to do what you think is right. Um, but probably wasn't very well received because yes. he still talks about a purple district. Anyway. Uh, other, uh, other solutions by the GAO assess the drivers of the def deficit. Okay. What are those? Well, it's mandatory and discretionary spending. So, uh, what's mandatory spending? Well, we need right. defense, social security, right? Medicare. Those things have to be paid. Sure. Uh, and hopefully we will continue to pay for our defense. Right. <laughs> There's some dangerous right. countries floating around out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, mandatory and discretionary discretionary spending taxes. How much is coming into the uh, the treasury? Tax deductions and credits. You know, when 
their most recent tax cuts happened back during the Trump administration. Well, let's go back to the Reagan administration. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of what they did was they actually did lower tax rates, but they also did away with a lot of the deductions that were out there. So we had, you know, there was a time where we had the highest income tax rate of 90%. Wow. Well, no one paid that. Right. Because there were deductions. There were, well, why why would I take that income now and mm -hmm. give away 90% of it, right? So uh, one of the things they did was eliminate deductions. So that's that's what they're talking about there. You, you We may have to uh, do away with some deductions and credits. And folks, in case one of the things we're pointing out to all of our clients here at Sorwell Strategies right now, what is that, Brent? What's happening to taxes in 2016? Exactly. Those uh, TGJA... The, the the jobs the jobs <laughs> whatever it is it was yeah. the tax cuts that right. were passed right the previous administration's the job, tax, tax cuts, cuts and jobs, jobs act. act that's yes, right that will sunset after 2025 so those tax brackets that we've been talking to our clients about are going to get a little skinnier and a little higher at each level yep and those standard deductions that have been pretty nice the last few years are basically going to get cut in half. Pretty close to being cut in half. So it's going to be so the a double whammy. Right. It's going to be very interesting as people do their taxes. Oh, first quarter of 2027, when life goes on and we forget about all those things that are going to sunset and end. Right. It's going to be very challenging, I think, for you know some of our CPAs that we work with and ourselves, quite frankly. Right. Because out of sight, out of mind, they're going to forget about that. And one of the things that we work with with retirees when they're early in that retirement is okay. I'm taking money out of my IRA. Now, how much do I need to withhold for taxes? And that's always kind of a hard one right. to hit that first year because mm -hmm. you're maybe working part of a year. And, yeah. You know, we don't know exactly if you're right. going to control your spending or not. Worked, like you half, said the, you were going to. worked <laughs> half the year, then half the year, Social Security right. benefits kicked in. Oh, you took some money out for that big retirement trip. It is a challenge. Now we're going to throw in, in, in a couple of years, we're going to throw in, yeah, your tax rate's going up or, you know, Tax mm -hmm. rates are going up mm -hmm. and your standard deduction is going right. down. So the question really becomes, what are you doing at the individual level mm -hmm. to manage your tax efficiency? And those are things that we will work with you and your tax professional on so that we get it right. And right. those are things we really need to get focused on here, particularly in the next couple of years as those tax cuts expire and standard deductions start going down. What, what I always like to tell clients is we want to look through all your investments through a tax lens as well right? We want to make sure we're efficient at all levels because there's nothing more frustrating when folks retire and then, okay, now it's time to withhold taxes. What do you mean withhold taxes? Well, fortunately, this <laughs> traditional IRA, you haven't paid taxes on it yet. <laughs> you don't get a free pass. Right. Yeah. And so again, it's just about uh, constantly looking through things with a tax lens and making sure we're partnering with our clients, tax right. professionals or CPAs. Talking a lot about Roth conversions right, right. now, things like right. that, maybe stacking uh, charitable mm -hmm. contributions with a donor advised fund, those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. So. Splitting beneficiaries, possibly if a, the, right. the kids have a, a higher tax bracket than mom and dad, there's a lot of different strategies that we, we can talk about. Yeah. So John, let's pivot a little bit. Well, to... one, just let me, let me uh, the alternative approaches. Oh, okay. That limit, yeah, just real ahead. quick, real quick, real quick. Um, so uh, some alternative uh, approaches to that debt limit. Uh, maybe avoid disrupting the treasury market and increasing borrowing costs. Uh, you know, they could take care of this in the budgeting process. That's the point. Right. And Congress has too often over the sev last several years, they just haven't 
done the budget on time. And so we get into this debt ceiling issue mm -hmm. just about every single year. And it's just not the way things are supposed to be done. And it is not an efficient way to be done. So well, and, and that anyway. can has been kicked down down the road now till 2025. That is correct. Okay. Yeah. So between now and then there should be plenty of time. <laughs> That's funny. You are. Uh, yeah, but you're right. That is true. There should right? be plenty of time. So, you know, we need to hold these folks more accountable. How, how do you do that? Well, vote them out of office, right, maybe. Right. That's just, but, you know, there are other things that we'll talk about when we come back. Excuse me. Yeah, you. Thanks so much for listening to Financial Flight Academy. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at SoarWealthStrategies.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. And welcome back to Financial Flight Academy. Brent Connolly here with John Schutz. John, let's pivot a little bit because we hear a lot from clients about China holding a lot of U.S. debt and concerns about China, uh, you know, just basically trying to infiltrate the U.S. and own everything. Okay, so let's put some of these things to yeah. some facts. Well, okay. number one, I'm I'm with people on the fact that I do not trust the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get that out of the way. Right. Yes, we agree. And <laughs> but let's talk numbers. All right. So hear a lot about China owning U.S. debt. They're not even the largest foreign country, though, as far as debt right. ownership in the U.S. They're only at 14 percent. Right. And Japan, they are the largest foreign entity uh, holding U.S. debt at 17%. Okay, so we got Japan at 17%, China at 14%. Where's the rest of that well, makeup? Yeah, 41% of it is held by things like pension funds, the Federal Reserve, which okay. buys treasury. Mm -hmm. buy for you know, We don't want to get into monetary policy and things like that. But U.S. banks, investors mm -hmm. own the debt, uh, state and local governments mutual funds, insurance companies. So that's the bulk of where mm -hmm. our debt is held. But again, some of that information gets thrown out there and miscued, and then people get into a a, 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 a panic. So, And there's I, a reason why foreign countries buy U.S. debt. Well, exactly. They want to keep the value of the dollar higher than their currency. Uh, the U.S. is still viewed as a very safe place to invest. Um this helps keeps their exports to the U.S. very affordable as well, which helps their economies grow. We are a global economy, and everyone depends on everyone to play nice and import and export. Correct. Yes. So there are reasons why it's done. Are we happy that it's done that way? Well, when you are the you know when you are the primary currency used in the world, right? Right. When I go to when I when I went to when I go to foreign countries. You can pull out a $20 bill and everybody knows what that is. And a lot of times they will take it. Absolutely. Fact, they like taking it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, our, <laughs> some of the gloom and doom and the fear that's sold on radio and television. And, you know, I don't know if anybody uses print anymore, but um, <laughs> it, it some of it is just purely scare tactics to get right. you to do things. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. So we have. Well, so what's the way out? That's that's the big question, right? Well, one way out of the mess is faster economic growth. Mm -hmm. So you look back to the 1980s uh, and 90s, we had this boom, and a lot of it was from the tech boom, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, but I, it's my belief that a lot of that was we allowed people to invest more of their capital. 
by cutting taxes and it's antithetical to the way you might think, right? If we cut we cut taxes, there will be less right. revenue to the treasury. Well, that just wasn't true. John F. Kennedy was a tax cutter. Ronald Reagan was a tax cutter. And of course, they had to help have help from the Congress. So I'm not just giving credit to, but those are two different parties. Bottom line is we are a nation of spenders. Right. And so what happened each time when they cut those taxes, the revenue to the treasury increased mm -hmm. significantly, but so did the spending. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> right. Right. And so uh, as good as uh, that turned out on the revenue side, Right. We didn't take care of the spending. So, but money in great money out. Not so yeah, correct. Good. But that's where that economic growth comes in. So you think back to world war two, mm -hmm. right? We had that high percentage of debt mm -hmm. to GDP. Well, what happened? All those guys came back from the war. Right. A lot of them used that GI bill, got some education, started families and businesses, businesses and, yeah. and, and became, uh, it really created that engine of growth. The fifties was a quite a growth decade. Mm -hmm. So economic growth is another one of those ways that we could work our way out of this. And I, I mentioned tax cuts. I'm a believer that that could help. There's obviously a point where uh, you can't cut taxes too much because you need to have some revenue right, right, right. to the treasury, but there is a, uh, there is a sweet spot there. But the most important thing Absolutely. is your last point here. You have Congress has to get serious about this. Right. And if that does not happen, what's the what's another way? I, you know, people, I there is a provision in the Constitution that allows for a convention of the states to create something like a balanced budget amendment. Mm -hmm. And and lacking Congress's willingness to do this, they will not do it until it's absolutely necessary. And then are we going to get into the, the Weimar Republic <laughs> type of situation? <laughs> Germany back in the anyway. Two years sorry. from now, when this can comes home to roost, <laughs> yeah, in 2025, are we going to be talking about this again? My gut tells me yes. We will be. I, they I, will run right up against it again. Absolutely yes. And so. Um, I, I just, the seriousness at that level is is not there. So what do investors do, Brent? Well, some of the things that we're talking about with our clients here at Sorwell Strategies are control the things that you can control. That's always number one. Doesn't matter what the subject right. is. Be yeah. informed, make sure you're getting proper data out there, but you can't worry about things that you can't control. That's number one. Uh, number two, let's talk about tax-free income in retirement. Again, why, why would that be <laughs> right? <laughs> Going back to that point. Well, it's great to retire. And then, and then we hear about, oh gosh, I forgot about the taxes on it, this account. It's funny. Every time I have a client in front of me, I ask them, you know, a newer client, where do you think taxes are going in your lifetime? Mm -hmm. Do you think you're going, they're going up? Do you think they're staying the same? Do you think they're going to go down? Guess which one? Nobody ever answers. Hmm. They never say they're going to go down. Right. So, and I, I you know, you may be right. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, along with that kind of, you know, tax-free in retirement, we talk about protecting your income. That could be through some different types of uh, insurance or annuity type products here. Um, again, we don't give blanket advice. Not, you know, not every product is suitable Correct. for everyone. Correct. But protecting that income, because if we have some steady, reliable, guaranteed income coming in, then that puts less stress on your portfolio. Yep, that is correct. And uh, one, of, one of the things that we were always preaching to folks, but I think it's really important if you are concerned about this U.S. debt, reducing your own personal debt. Mm -hmm. Let's get those numbers down. Mm -hmm. ha always have emergency cash. I, you know, 
I, I think that is uh, goes without saying, but a lot of, again, yeah. some people think having a credit card is emergency cash. And in some situations, if you're just starting out, yeah, that you, mm -hmm. that could be the case. I did have to borrow $500 to buy my wife's wedding ring. Yes, that's all it was. <laughs> it's a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I get it, right? I worked in broadcasting for crying out loud. Nobody's right. got money in that industry. <laughs> um, this is a big one that I know that you talk about. We, we both talk about all yeah. the time proper estate planning, right? As we know, uh, tax laws change, estate law or estate planning changes because of those tax laws have something in place. We are very passionate about making sure that all of our clients either you know, have a will, a trust, powers of attorney, all those important documents out of sight, out of mind. Um, it's something we're very passionate about. So uh, next steps for folks here, Brent? Well, you know, again, calls at Story Wealth Strategies, 531-867-3400 with any questions or concerns, or if you'd like to have a, you know, sit down fit meeting consultation to talk a little bit more about, you know, this debt ceiling or how, how we can, you know, improve your tax-free income in retirement. Yeah. The those way those fit meetings work are it's no obligation. You come in, mm -hmm. uh, we just see if we're a good fit for each other. It takes 30 minutes out of your day. Mm -hmm. And uh, if nothing else, uh, we can be pretty funny sometimes. Well, I can. All right. Uh, you can also visit our website <laughs> at soarwealthstrategies.com. So uh, yeah, get in contact with us. Right. Well, we hope that was very informative. We appreciate you listening and please join us next time on Financial Flight Academy. Thank you for listening to the Financial Flight Academy podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at SoarWealthStrategies.com or give us a call at 531-867-3400. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Soar Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor.